KMU takes another swing with the NCAA. It's Locked on Sunbelt. You are Locked on Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. I am your host, Dave Schultz. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. All right. Uh, interesting day yesterday uh, in the Sunbelt. Everyone kind of basking in the glow of JMU's win over Michigan State, but JMU finally takes another swing with the NCAA. So, uh, and we'll also start to look ahead to week 11 in the Sun Belt starts early here in Lafayette as Southern Miss comes to take on the Raging Cages. Uh, so let's set this all up, okay? Because we've been talking about it and we had, we had Shane Metlin on, uh, the beat writer for JMU last week, and he made a good point. Um, so we'll set it up. JMU, right, two-year transition period from FCS to FBS, all right? The difference of what they've done compared to other schools, apparently, is they've played basically a full FBS schedule, whereas they're not playing half their games against FCS. There may be one, right? I think they had Bucknell earlier this year, uh, or maybe even two. But some schools do it like half and half. I think Georgia Southern may have done it half and half, all right? And so there was a... There's a two-year transition, all right? For the most part, I'm told by somebody who was told by somebody that, not in JMU's case, that they don't want schools going back and forth, right? They don't want you to transition to FBS, go get a bunch of FBS football players, and then go back down to FCS. Of course, there's ways to stop that, but apparently that's the thought that there needs to be a two-year transition. I'm not sure why otherwise that you can support it or if you've, uh, invested in it. I'm not really sure other than that. But nonetheless, there is. And JMU agreed to it. But based on their performance last year and where they are financially and their facilities, they asked the NCAA for a waiver over the spring and they were denied. Okay. As far as JMU was concerned, case closed. That's it. Moving on. Okay. No one has changed the decision. This isn't. Um, you know, the NCAA was doing one thing and they've done another. This is what was happening at JMU for the last two years. And they knew it. So last year when they couldn't play in the Sunbelt championship game, they knew that going in and boy, did they take it out on coastal Carolina? <laughs> they really did. Right. And they consider themselves Sunbelt Eastern division champions last year. All right. We had. Kurt Signatiani is like, you're right, we did, right? And they took their frustrations out. I don't think Grace McCall played in that ballgame, but it doesn't matter. You know, uh, JMU won that football game. Uh, and so this year, they tried to remedy that with the waiver. Didn't happen. So everything that's been happening, and we've talked about this for the last month or so, because JMU is undefeated, and they're on ESPN a lot, whether it's early on in the week or it's, you know, ESPNU on a weekend, whatever the case is, everyone's picking up the ball for JMU uh, to play in a bowl game. All right. I think, it was, you know, the first time we heard it on 
maybe Marshall ball game. It was Matt Barry and Roddy Jones doing it. Like Matt Barry went on for like five to 10 minutes. And usually you're not going to get a better commercial than that. All right. Shane Metlin started asking questions. He's not running with the ball, but he's asking questions. Why? All right. I think he got a letter from Charlie Baker, the NCAA. Uh, and he's asking other people why he asked the BC, uh, not the BCS, but the, um, you know, the playoff, you know, can JMU get in there if, if they're not, you know, how do they get in there? And the NCAA or the, not the NCAA, the playoff committee said up until yesterday, by the way, uh, that until they're eligible, we're not going to count them. Right. And it's so ridiculous, right? Uh, Jalen Green leads the nation in sacks, but he's not listed on the stat sheet on NCAA.org or wherever you find that stuff because they're not full FBS. But that's just stupid. Right. That's even worse than, well, you won the championship, but someone got an improper benefit. So we're taking away the championship. Like Louisville's, what's that, 2013 NCAA basketball championship? We know they won. Just because you say they didn't doesn't matter, doesn't change the fact that they won. Right. So Jalen Green has the 15 and a half sacks. He leads the nation in sacks. You know, too bad. You know, so that's ridiculous. So now all of this sort of changed on Tuesday when JMU officially wrote. Officially wrote uh, Jerry Moorhead, chair of the NCAA uh, Division One Board of uh, Directors. All right, we're going to try and read this for you. Maybe just the well, no, let's read it for you. All right, you can find it on online, but I'm going to read uh, the letter. In April 2023, James Madison sought a waiver to reduce our FCS to FBS two-year transition period to one year. Much has transpired and changed in our situation and in the Division I landscape since our waiver was denied. Accordingly, JMU respectfully requests relief of NCAA legislation to allow our football program to be fully eligible for bowl consideration during the 2023 season. Our university has embarked on a transition in ways no other institution has since the transition rules changed 23 years ago, and our student-athletes have achieved an astonishing, unprecedented level of success during this period. Relief that allows our student-athletes to participate in a bowl game as their play has earned is warranted. One of the rationales offered for denial for our previous waiver centered around the Transformation Committee's ongoing work in establishing new FBS membership requirements. The work of that committee has since been completed, and in August, the membership adopted new FBS membership requirements that will go into effect in August of 2027. Fortunately, due to the diligence and planning of our institution, we're able to confirm that we are meeting the updated requirements now. We have met full FBS membership requirements in both years of our transition and will continue to meet them in the future. Uh, what JMU is not going to do, by the way, I think that fee has gone from like, not kidding, like $5,000 to like $5 million, but that's a different story. Our football program has also achieved unprecedented success competing against other FBS institutions. Blows a short list of achievements for our program during the 2023 season. We have a 9-0 record with eight victories coming against FBS competition. We are one of seven undefeated programs in FBS. We're currently ranked 21st in the country in the AP and coaches polls. We are a top-ranked group of five programs in the country in various metrics, such as SP+, Massey, Massey Composite, or Nolan and ESPN Power Rankings. If we're allowed to compete in the postseason without restriction, we would be in the running for a prestigious New Year's six-day bowl game. We have a 15-3 and record against FBS competition in the past two years, including a current 12-game winning streak. We're the only program to be ranked in the AP poll during each of the first two years of the transition while competing against full FBS schedules. We lead the FBS in multiple team and individual statistic categories, including rushing yards allowed, 
sacks, and tackles for loss. We're almost done. Second page. We've won every major university-wide academic award in the Sunbelt Conference since joining last year, demonstrating that our athletic success coincides with a strong emphasis on academic achievement. We're going to skip to the end. In closing, JMU presents a unique set of factors in making this request for leave. No other school has gone above and beyond the transition requirements in all the ways we have. The request is specific, unique, and consistent with principles of student-athletes' welfare espoused by the NCAA. In this evolving landscape, which includes the transfer portal and NIL opportunities, our football program has displayed extraordinary grit and resilience in maintaining roster continuity and performing at an extremely high level. Our student-athletes have done everything the right way, and they view the postseason prohibition in this instance as an inexplicable punishment in light of the NCAA's stated priorities. As many commentators have noted, this is an opportunity for the NCAA to do the right thing for our student-athletes and recognize their exceptional efforts on and off the field. Uh, signed by uh, Meredith Herod, rector, James Madison University, Jonathan uh, Alger, president, James Madison University, and Jeffrey Bourne, director of athletics. Okay, so a couple of things in there. And it is interesting. We're going to go a little bit long in this first segment. Uh, it is interesting because um, there are instances where JMU did not put the student athletes up first. Apparently, in their previous conference, other teams had left <clears throat> uh, or were deciding to leave, right, like the next year, and they voted against them being able to play in postseason play. So that's not exactly putting the student-athletes first, all right? It's not their student-athletes, but they're prohibiting other student-athletes. So that's not real kosher, all right? Uh, I do not understand why other teams in the Sun Belt outside of, you know, you know, the teams in the East who would be out of the um, Sun Belt Championship game uh, care all that much, right? Like, like Raging Cajuns fans, like, what are they doing? No, stand in line like everybody else. Well, if this was Louisiana, you know they'd be an outcry for that. You know, no, 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 no. We're better than everybody else. You got to let us play. So I don't understand the whole stand in line. It's a stupid rule. If you can meet some criteria, you should be able to play in the Sundall Championship game and go bowl. Okay. Again, if you're worried about teams going back and forth, and JMU is not going to, obviously, first of all, you have to be FBS. For a decade, okay? And if you get screwed and you're financially hurt, that's too bad for you. But if for whatever reason you go back to FCS, we don't want to ever hear from you again. It is a permanent decision. That's it. You get one shot. Well, we weren't ready at the time. A bad leadership, too bad. That that That's not difficult to figure out. Once you go to FBS, you're there permanently. Or if you do go backwards, you're never coming back. Although I guess I didn't use the word permanently correctly. So... We'll see what happens. I have a feeling, I have a sneaking suspicion that it's going to get, there's going to be, there's going to be peer pressure. They're going to do it. Although people did point out that other schools are going to like back sue the NCAA for loss of revenue. Uh, okay. Whatever the case may be. Uh, that would be interesting because they're making an exception in this case. We'll see if the NCAA, you know, Craters to peer pressure. They kind of did with Tez Walker. Well, that was lawsuit pressure with the NCAA in North Carolina, right? Uh, uh, it's going to be interesting moving forward. All right. You know, they got UConn, and that's got letdown game written all over it, except now it doesn't because now everybody's going to be paying attention. And that's got – they're going to cover in a big way in that one. All right. 
so let's take a timeout. We'll start to preview. I guess we just did week 11. But that's where we are in the JMU saga with the NCAA. They sent a letter to the board of directors. You know, it is, you know, technically November 8th. And, you know, the end of the season, regular season is the 25th. So they really have about, I would say, and you're going to want to make a decision before Thanksgiving, you really have about, I'd say, I'd say about a week. I bet you we find out a decision before next week's game. All right. That's my thing. They're not going to make a decision like the day before Thanksgiving. And, you know, JMU can, you know, clinch sooner than later. And they're going to want as much time to promote that they're hosting a ball game because they would host, right? They beat Troy, so they would host these Sun Belt Championship game. And the more time you have to prepare, the better off uh, it'll be. All right, let's take a time out. A little bit late here, a little bit long in uh, the first segment, but that's the big news in the Sun Belt is JMU uh, picking up the, their own ball and running with it where everybody else was doing it, you know. That was that what the JMU sound off got again, the, the Virginia AG on to discuss it. I don't think he's done anything about it, but it's pretty cool that you get that kind of big time politician uh, to join the sports blog. I think he is a JMU grad. I think that's what I, what I heard. All right, let us take a, a time out. Let me tell you uh, about prize picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are easiest. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more, more than or less than the two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. And now I can play during basketball season too. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry with basketball season here. You can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey is a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made plus receptions. Kind of like, uh, Super Bowl picks. Price Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday, speaking of LeBron James, each Tuesday. Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Price Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Uh, let's start to look ahead to week 11. We'll do a little bit more with this Louisiana Southern Miss ball game tomorrow. Uh, Louisiana playing Chandler Fields. They are a 10-point favorite. Not so sure about that. Uh, Southern Miss coming off their first win in the Sun Belt. And if you were listening to the Twitter spaces, we need to slow uh, last night for the Sun Belt Friday night on a Wednesday night that was on a Tuesday night. And, yes, my head hurts because of that. But 
someone thinks Southern Miss is playing their best football of the season. And I'm thrilled for the fighting Will Halls to finally get that first Sun Belt victory, but slow the roll a little bit, all right? The offense has come around, that's for sure. More consistency in the offense, so since the head coach fired the offensive coordinator, and that, of course, is Will Hall stepping down. Interestingly enough, the offensive line coach is coming up with a game plan, and the quarterback's coach is calling the plays during the game. Interesting. So a team effort, so to speak, and they scored 38 and 24. But before we get all huffy-puffy about Southern Miss, and I'm not saying Southern Miss can't win this football game. I would be careful if I was the Cajuns, okay? Nothing would make Southern Miss's year more as a point that they're in 2-7 and seven and 1-5 and five than taking down the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. I guess Southern Miss hasn't lost to the Cajuns in like a decade, technically, all right? They, lost, uh, they beat them last year in Hattiesburg, and before that, off the top of my head, I believe the New Orleans Bowl would have been the last matchup. Nikki Mullins leading the uh, the Golden Eagles to a victory over uh, Jennings and company. So, okay. However, um, let's not go crazy in how well Southern Miss is playing, all right? They turned a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter against App State to a 10-point loss. They allowed 20 points in the fourth quarter. All right, that's at App State. All right, okay. And then they beat... ULM 24 to seven, scoring 17 points in the first quarter. All right. So they've given up 20 to app in the fourth. That's not playing great. And, you know, although they put a couple long drives together, they didn't score a whole lot of points against the worst team in the Sun Belt ULM. So, whereas I do think Southern Miss could win this football game and they'll probably cover the 10 point spread. I mean, people were talking about Southern Miss blowing out the Cajuns. If Southern Miss blows out the Cajuns in this ballgame, shame on the Cajuns. I don't care if it's the 10th string quarterback. You can't get blown out by Southern Miss. You may lose because you're down to your third string quarterback. And if Chandler Fields gets hurt, good luck. But I still think the Cajuns win this game. I do think it's closer than the 10-point spread. Don't be losing by three scores to, to Southern Miss. That's not... Southern Miss doesn't beat anybody by three scores. Like, the only team they beat by three scores are ULM and Alcorn State, and those are their only two wins, okay? The Cajuns have the talent, and hopefully, you know, they do some, you know, soul-searching because apparently, you know, some veterans on the team were questioning the effort on what happened against Arkansas State, all right? Let's move on. Speaking of Arkansas State, they hit the road, and they're going to take on South Alabama, that's Saturday at 4 p.m. Uh, Craig Stevenson, AL.com, were reporting Carter Bradley is a game-time decision. That sounds like a game plan to me. All right. If we're, you know, uh, two weeks since the injury, or at least, yeah, more than a week, more about 10 days since the injury that he suffered against Troy, but 10 days since he suffered the injury against Troy, and we're still a game-time decision for later on in the week. I would tend to think Gio Lopez, who played okay against Troy. Uh, a couple of questionable decisions. And again, if you're guarding him on, if you're grading him on a uh, curve, you know, first, you know, first start on the road, freshman, Troy's defense, then yeah, he played a pretty okay. Okay. Still made some questionable decisions, rolling one way and throwing back across his body. Not great. I thought the, 
big throw to Pritchett down the field was, you know, kind of thrown up for grabs. It kind of worked, but, you know, I, you know, kind of a wing and a prayer. Uh, so we'll see. And Arkansas State is going to be ready for a bowl berth. South Alabama, by the way, you know, they need to win two out of their last three. If South Alabama doesn't go bowling this year, they're going to be up there as some of the most disappointing team in the country. They got Arkansas State and Marshall, and then they're at Texas State. That Texas State game was kind of lurking from the beginning of the season till now. That's going to be tough. They'll probably beat Marshall, but you better beat Arkansas State if you're going to um, go bowling, all right? And and South Alabama is an 11.5-point favorite. I'm not sure about that one. I don't think that's going to happen. All right, I think Arkansas State can win this football game. I'll pick South Alabama, but I think I'd be surprised if Arkansas State does not cover this spread. That's a huge spread. Um, and one, as we've said before, Alabama, South Alabama doesn't really deserve. You know, as of right now, it doesn't it doesn't appear to be the case that they deserve that spread. All right, let's do uh, one more here quickly before we take a break. You do have Old Dominion taking on Liberty. Apparently, Liberty has one of the softest schedules going. They got a 13 and a half point spread. And Old Dominion is tough. Old Dominion does not get blown out. And Liberty puts up a bunch of points, right? You know, they hammer Jacksonville State. That's a big spread. Um, they embarrassed Louisiana Tech. All right. They beat Western Kentucky by double digits. All right. They hammered FIU. They hammered Buffalo. You know, ODU makes it tough because they just don't get it. In fact, we we call the JMU win, but the Old Dominion cover, right? And Old Dominion just doesn't lose by a lot, right? They lost by – they beat – UL by seven. They lost by three. They won by one. They lost by six. They won by four. They won. They won by seven. They lost by three. They lost by four. All right. The question, um, you know, for ODU is it's not how Liberty is going to defend ODU. It's how ODU can defend Liberty. I kind of like Liberty in this one. All right. Uh, it's 13 and a half. I'm going to take Liberty uh, in uh, that one. That's it's a good test for Old Dominion on the road. And they have to be one of the biggest surprises. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're over under. It was like one and a half, two wins. Um, they need this one probably to get into a ball game. They're at Georgia Southern and at and home versus Georgia State. So they got to win two of their last three to become bowl eligible. And that would be a huge season for Ricky, Ronnie, and company. All right, let's take a timeout. And this is going to be a long episode. Uh, when we come back, we'll wrap up the uh, early Week 11 preview of uh, the Sun Belt. Time to tell you about FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. It's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of uh, the NFL. All right. So also, in, ter uh, in terms of uh, FanDuel, uh, college basketball is difficult. Like Tennessee had like a 35-and-a-half-point spread last night against Florida A&M, and they won, but not by 35-and-a-half. Some of these lines in college basketball are tough, and the NBA is tough uh, as well. I was looking at the – Heat last night for tonight's game. Watch that line. That's interesting. They haven't really beaten anyone by a whole lot. 
and they're going on the road. They're favored by one and a half. That's interesting. Uh, all right. Uh, let's continue the quick, quick, not so quick, uh, week 11 preview. Here's James Madison, a huge line over UConn, 25 and a half. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Jim Mora Jr. did one of the better coaching jobs in America last year. Uh, UConn has reverted back to form. They lost to Tennessee 59 to three. Boston College beat them by seven, South Florida by three. So they've played some close ball games. Uh, they beat Rice as their only win. Duke embarrassed them. Uh, Georgia State embarrassed them. They played tough against NC State. Here's the thing, though. James Madison going to try and run up the score, and Kurt Signetti doesn't care. This is, It's only on ESPN+, Plus, but James Madison is going to make sure that the NCAA knows that they should be playing a bowl, you know, should be eligible for a bowl game. We'll see if UConn can slow them down. If Jordan McLeod plays the way Jordan McLeod has been playing, this game's got 40 to 10, 45 to 10 written all over it. Uh, I would go with James Madison in this one. I would be shocked if UConn, uh, you know, puts up a lot of points here. They used to do these head-to-head matchups about the defense, and they're not doing it anymore. Let's see here. Uh, Rosa for UConn, 84 yards carrying. He leads the team in carries. And he's averaging, let's see here. He's averaging, hold on quickly, 4.8 yards of carry. All right. He's got two touchdowns on the ground. JMU doesn't give up anything rushing. Good luck to UConn rushing the football. All right. Good luck to UConn rushing the football. I don't, I don't think that game's going to be particularly close. Uh, that JMU is now going to take that frustration out on everybody that they can. Uh, all right. Georgia State taking on App State. Uh, this is a big ball game. I'm going to have to wait to figure out who's going to win this one. This is Georgia State by two. They haven't played well in the last couple of weeks at all, for that fact of the matter. Uh, App State's got think a couple of wins in a row. Sean Clark fighting for his job. All right. Um, I'm going to take my time with that one. Joey Aguilar's had quite the season, though. 23 touchdowns and only six interceptions. Um, all right, Troy at Monroe. This will also be ugly. Um, has the idea of a letdown. Monroe is not an easy place to play. Monroe's playing with pride. 21 and a half on the road is a lot, but you know, this, this, I mean, this also has like 35, you know, seven written all over it. Right. Maybe even more. All right. Um, coastal Carolina hosting Texas state, Texas state favored on the road. Who is playing quarterback? Is it uh, for coastal Carolina? Is it Jared guest? Is it, um, Ethan Basco. The big question here is, does Texas State have a letdown? All right. Does Texas State have a letdown? Uh, or have they learned the lessons, right? They were coming off that big win against Miss playing the Cajuns, and they couldn't finish off the Cajuns. Uh, Coastal Carolina has been playing well, right? They were, again, one and two in the Sun Belt. Now they're four and two, and right now they're second in the East, looking to play in the Sun Belt Championship game. So a lot riding on this one. Um, it's an interesting line though. Texas state minus one on the road. And then, uh, Georgia Southern has struggled. Um, uh, you know, did not play well last week at all against Texas state Marshall heading in the wrong direction. Uh, four and five Marshall needs to win two out of their last three. This is two and a half Georgia Southern. Interesting. 
Marshall's lost five in a row, and I think they've lost their way for this year. We'll see if Charles Huff and company uh, can figure things out. That game is on NFL Network. All right. Uh, thanks for hanging with us. Uh, a little bit of a long episode uh, talking about JMU taking another swing with the NCAA. I thought it was important to talk about that. Uh, again, we're going to find out. We're going to find out in a week. They're going to they're going to announce before next week's ball game. All right, because then everybody else is on vacation. Everyone goes away for a week, I'm sure, for Thanksgiving. Right. Um, so if if they're going to be eligible, we're going to find out. I would presume in a week. It doesn't take a whole lot to make a decision. Get on a Zoom call. You know, here's the letter. What do you guys think? Get back to us in a couple of days. Take the weekend. Uh, think about the ramifications. Think about the precedent we're setting. And, you know, let's come to a conclusion because we need to make one uh, as quickly as possible. That's, of course, not the NCAA's way, but in, in this case, they are a little bit pressed for time. Uh, all right. Thanks so much for tuning in to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. We'll be back again tomorrow with a little bit more of a full uh, preview of Southern Miss and uh, the Cajuns as they're playing Thursday night at Cajun Field. We'll, of course, be there to cover the ball game. You've been listening and watching to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.